Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Right now, we're going to talk about dogs because we love our dogs in North America. I would say in Metro Vancouver in particular, we really love our dogs. And guess what? This isn't a new thing either. I mean, dogs were domesticated more than 10,000 years ago. And there's even local evidence that the Coast Salish people of the Pacific Northwest had a unique type of dog domesticated known as woolly dogs. So what do we know about these woolly dogs? I mean, how unique were they? We're going, we're going to learn about them this morning from Dr. Audrey Lynn, a paleogeneticist and Peter Buck doc, postdoctoral fellow at the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, what is a woolly dog? Yeah, so woolly dog is a special breed of dog that was <clears throat> uh, maintained uh, and bred and raised by the Coast Salish, the indigenous Coast Salish of the Pacific Northwest for many thousands of years, and um, and they were bred specifically for their for their wool. Uh, this was because the there were no sheep in the region. Um, they sheep weren't introduced until much later after the arrival of the uh, European uh, settlers and explorers. And also mountain goat wool was really difficult to obtain, but they did have domestic dogs and these dogs, they had selectively bred um, the dogs that they had to have these just wonderful thick fleeces that they used. Uh, They used to shear like sheep and in in court, make into yarn and incorporate it, incorporate into their just beautiful um, textiles. That's beautiful. Okay, that's such a unique thing where it's like a dog and a sheep. So what happened to them? So these dogs, um, they no longer exist because of uh, many different uh, colonial forces that had um, that had made the the Coast Salish unable to to keep them. Um, yes. <laughs> okay, so they essentially became extinct. Yes, they they are extinct. They haven't they haven't um, been raised. They since I would say the late uh, by the third quarter of the nineteenth century. Um, they they were pretty much um, extinct. Right. So how did we Sadly. learn about them? Are there specimens that we found? Like, how do we know about them? Yeah. So the only known specimen that we have of a woolly dog pelt is uh, belongs to Mutton. That was his actual name. Um, and Mutton is belonged to George Gibbs, who was an ethnologist, ethnographer and a naturalist uh, who was uh, employed by the U.S. government for the Northwest Boundary Survey. And while he was there um, in the Pacific Northwest, he was collecting um, natural history specimens and sending them to Washington, D.C. And one of them happened to be his his pet dog, Mutton. Um, And uh, Mutton had been kept in the Smithsonian collections for more than 160 years now. So you study that specimen, then what have you learned from it? 
Yeah, so we had learned that um, the that woolly dogs were, they had belonged to the now extinct um, uh, North American indigenous dogs or the pre-colonial dogs. These uh, and these um, woolly dogs, they were inc- they were really unique. Um, they had they had we found gene variants that are associated with probably the wolf the woolly phenotype um, genes associated with with um, skin and hair follicle development as well as a gene linked to woolly hair in, in humans. And so basically we found a whole bunch of, um, of genetic evidence showing that these dogs were very, they were very specially um, uh, carefully maintained by the Coast Salish for many thousands of years. And, um, and these these dogs, they have, there's genetic evidence of their uniqueness that we don't see in in dogs uh, today, including even dogs that that may superficially look like them, like um, Samoyed dogs. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Then, like, is there any kind of like with the Neanderthals? Is there any evidence, like DNA evidence, of them in modern dogs? Like, did they breed with, say, dogs that showed up for the gold rush? That kind of thing. I think so. Part of the what had led to their um, extinction was that they were they because they could not be tightly reproductively managed anymore. They um, they had they were they interbred with the other village dogs, and it really doesn't take very long for um, the like the short-haired uh, phenotype to to show up. So there might be so for I think for quite a long time there were um, stragglers uh, or rather uh, dogs with woolly dog ancestry that ha- that are were part of the um, like they were they were probably part of the reservations but um, we don't see really any other uh, evidence um, of that of them um, in other modern dogs um it's part of a larger uh history of uh just the north american indigenous dogs uh like their their extinction um the genetic the ancestry of these dogs uh show up very very little in in the genomes of of dogs today like uh, chihuahuas only have for example two percent of these, um, of this ancestry. And, you know, we, we're more Neanderthal than, than that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So is there any thought about, um, like cloning the DNA that they have for this or, or bringing these dogs back? Cause I know that's big right now too. Yeah. So, uh, literal cloning will not be possible, um, based on just this one genome. Um, and, uh, based and, uh, but I think what is possible is to kind is to selectively breed um, the modern dogs that the dogs that we have today to um, to have this this uh, wool phenotype that that uh, that was so valued um, and uh, yeah it, so I know that it's something like- that a lot of the Coast yeah a lot of the Coast Salish communities would love to to love to bring back and and have this uh, utilize and do this practice again because it was so so important so um, sacred. 
Yeah. Okay. So it's the textile itself that is really valued that people would love to kind of revive. Uh, not not so much the textile, rather the cultural practice of um, of um, maintaining these dogs for um, each for the textile making. I mean, there there are many uh, Coast Salish artists and weavers who who make beautiful textiles um, today. Uh, uh, like for example, um, uh, if you go into Vancouver um, Airport, you will see the Coast textiles from Deborah Sparrow greeting you there. Um, and, but it's, it's mainly the, the practice of having these, the dogs and how utilizing the dog wool for the textiles um, that, that they would love to revive. Right. So nice. Okay. Interesting. Thank you so much for your time on that. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. That's Dr. Audrey Lynn, a paleogeneticist and the Peter Buck Postdoctoral Fellow at the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History, talking about woolly dogs, which were the, well, domesticated dog of the Pacific Northwest Coast Salish people. And there's only one specimen. That's what I find amazing. Only one specimen that they have. Uh, that they you know have access to, and this one is a dog named Mutton, whose pelt has been preserved at the Smithsonian since 1859.